What is up, everyone? Uh, we are joining you on... Oh boy, we're recording on a Sunday. We are supposed to record on a Monday, but uh, due to obvious reasons, we thought it would be appropriate uh, to record today. I am Christian Rivas, for those of you who don't know, and today I am joined by not Jacob Rude. I'm actually joined by Harrison Fagan, uh, who... I don't know if I'd call you my my boss anymore, but you are definitely a colleague and a friend. I would never call you my boss. I would call you or call myself <laughs> your boss. I would call myself your friend that orders you around. So, yeah, th- yeah. those are all of my friends. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I Harrison, I, I think this is the second time we've podcast in two years together, and I hope that's not intentional. Uh, but I think. The reason we're podcasting today is pretty worthy. Uh, For those that did not catch the news earlier today, uh, Kobe Bryant, at the age of 41, Pat was killed in a helicopter crash in Calabasas, California, on Sunday morning. Um, And one of the other victims of that helicopter crash was his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna. Uh, and in total, there were nine casualties. Uh, obviously, not the news any of us were expecting to wake up to. Uh, at the most, I thought we were going to get a Kyle Kuzma trade rumor with the way he's played. Um, but yeah, not not what I I don't think anybody was expecting. Like, how could you? No, there's just like it, you know, as you were trying to get into this like that there's no natural way to just start a conversation about this or talk about it and right. no way that feels organic because like you know it's kobe he's 41 like he always he seemed invincible for his entire career like this is not a guy that i i genuinely before today never once considered that there was a day that i would write about kobe bryant dying he just yeah. like he was ageless like he didn't look like he had aged in 15 years you know he has four he has four fairly young kids like i just did not expect this day to come and especially not at age 41 you know like I remember I was I, I was sitting with my fiance on the couch today it was supposed to be my day off and we were just playing Jedi Fallen Order and like I just saw the the text come in and it was uh it was fittingly from both of our former boss uh Drew Garrison and he was asking me can you confirm any of this Kobe stuff mm-hmm. and it was like it took me back like a couple years because all of a sudden, like I'm getting a you know an assignment from Drew again, and right. I had no idea what he was talking about. I quickly went to my phone, looked at it, you know, just went almost into like survival instincts, like you know, going through the motions mode as we were editing your post and making sure that we could get it up as quickly and responsibly as possible. And mm-hmm. it, it's just I don't know. I I've gone. I, Today has been up and down. It's like there are moments where it just doesn't feel real. Like like you feel like you're gonna wake up. And there are moments where just like the the profound sadness and like senselessness of this just hits you where like there's no reason for it. And, you know, there were multiple children involved, too, as if it wasn't as if one person dying in a helicopter crash wasn't bad enough. You know, his 13 year old daughter, one of her teammates, it sounds like. Um, And. It's it's just tough, man. I, I don't like I don't know what else to say. It's just been a tough day. Yeah, I know you and I both come from journalistic 
backgrounds, and I think we're the two guys on the site. I think even Anthony will admit this. We're the two guys on the site that try to remain as objective as possible with our analysis, with the exception of a few posts where I think we can play around with the fact that like we grew up Lakers fans. Yeah. Today is not one of those days where I felt any need to be like to follow my journalistic principles, which m- many journalists should have followed those principles today. Those that's sh- what they should have fallen back on. As the you saw, of, they just didn't. The amount of people gunning for retweets in the early, you know, like first hour or so after this news came out was pathetic and it was sad and it was like a like it was a depressing commentary on the state of the ind- on the of the industry right now when like people were just to be what what are we talking about here really like right. 30 minutes earlier 5 minutes earlier whatever like at most like an hour earlier than your competitors you were like throwing stuff out there yeah. to, that was inaccurate and misinforming people like like th- that's stuff like that is why people don't trust the media sometimes and i don't want to turn this into like a media state of the media podcast but yeah. it, it was sad to see how many people like like this somebody's dead like yeah. like that multiple people are dead let's make sure that all of these details are accurate before we're running with stuff and yeah but anyway i'll let you continue back to your point oh no that that's totally fair and i i shared those same frustrations not even i mean you can have this conversation every day but it, i think it's especially prominent today on a day where people just cared seeming like seemingly cared more about being first than being right um, but my, my original point goes back to, I have no problem saying that I, I loved Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant is the whole reason I got into basketball in the first place. Growing up, I, I so I was born in 1996, which I know is like a whole decade before you were born. So you mean after, uh, was that an attempt at a roast? <laughs> Oh, okay. yeah, after, yeah, sorry. That's five my bad. After I was I'm off Not my game. Yeah. I'm off my game today. Um, but I was born in September 1996, which means prior to Kobe Bryant's retirement, I did not know Lakers basketball without Kobe. And during my lifetime, I could have chosen any team I wanted to. Like, obviously, being from Los Angeles, the Lakers were the go-to team. I was surrounded by it. My whole family, nothing but Lakers fans. Uh, But I did have the choice. And the reason I didn't choose any other team was because of Kobe Bryant. Like, obviously Shaq was around. um, And, you know, he had the most, arguably the most dominant one-two punch of all time. Uh, But Kobe's the the first player I can ever say was my favorite player. And the whole reason I had as much fun watching basketball as I did and um, I think that is the case for a ton of people our age and a, a ton of people in the league that grew up watching Kobe Bryant and modeling their game after him. Yeah, I mean, what do you what do you think it was that like as a as a kid that resonated with you about Kobe? Because I've been thinking about this all day. And I, I think for me, it was like it was just that competitive drive and that you could tell that he was someone that would be playing basketball no matter whether it was their job or not, that he just yeah. genuinely loved the game and loved and appreciated and respected the game and just wanted to be as good at it as possible and was willing to do whatever it took to mm-hmm. win as many games as possible. But like, what do you think it was for you? Like, like, is that, was that it? Like, is that what, 
just kind think, of drew you to him? Yeah, I think that's part of it. And I, I think the other part of it, and I, I've been watching so much Kobe Bryant highlights today. The other part of it is honestly the same feeling I get when I watch Aaron Rodgers play football. I'm not a big football guy by any means. Like, I'll watch the Super Bowl and maybe a few games before that. But when I watch Aaron Rodgers play football, it just seems like he he's supposed to be doing it. Like, he's so much better than everybody else. And everything he does looks like he came naturally to him. Now, I'm not saying Kobe Bryant didn't work for what he had. Obviously, he's renowned for his second-to-none work ethic. But the pure talent he played with and how much better he looked at what he did than everybody else on the floor, the best basketball players in the world, I I just, re-watching tape of him and, and the way he played, I honestly, the very few players come to mind that I can say dominated the way Kobe Bryant did and looked as cool as he did doing it. Yeah, I think that was, a, I think the cool part is uh, like something that gets lost at times. Like when we try to have modern discussions about Kobe Bryant and when we make the mistake of trying to have a rational discussion about Kobe right. Bryant on the internet, like, and I'm talking about in the, in the lead up to this profoundly sad day where thankfully I have not seen that many people litigating whether or not he was indeed how good indeed he was at basketball comparatively to other players. Like I really thought that we were going to get more regrettable, like, you know, like tweets about that, but thankfully people held off for one day. Yeah. Um, one day. Yeah. It's one day. day. I, I expect, I expect that to start tomorrow um, yeah. because you know, that's the internet, but like it was, there was a cool factor to what he did. And there was this element of it, I think, that where he convinced you that if you worked hard enough at something, you could be that good too. Because it wasn't just that he was naturally talented and athletic. Like, he was pretty athletic. Like, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't, like, athletic like LeBron James is athletic yeah. in this, like, explosive, like, huge physical way. But he, you know, Kobe could get out of the gym a little bit too, especially when he was young. He, he mm -hmm. had some ups. Um, but he just had a counter to every single thing the defense tried to throw at him. And he just, like, it, like, you cannot really put into words how cool it is as a kid when you're watching your favorite player just it's really fun to watch somebody drill fuck you jumpers in yeah. their opponent's face mm -hmm. you know what i mean and then jut their jaw out like and run back on defense and like there's something fun about that like i think that was a, something that steph curry tapped into a little bit too like not in a very different way yeah but in like i'm going to take these insane threes and just make them and you can't do anything to stop me and like that's the kind of closest that I think we've seen to the specific way that Kobe Bryant dominated, where it was in your face. It was frustrating, like no matter like for opponents, no matter what they did, they yeah. just could not stop him. And he would take bad shots and make them into OK shots because he could make those things. And like you just there was this confidence level to watching him that I don't know that I've ever had and any other player since, which is probably partially owed to the fact that I'm not really like a diehard fan anymore mm -hmm. but uh, like i just cover the team and i'm passionate about that kind of thing but it's also like a testament to the myth making and like story building and narrative building of kobe skill of kobe bryant and just how good he was in his prime like it's been long enough now that i think people genuinely do forget how special he was oh yeah i i remember watching lakers games as a kid and just feeling like 
whenever the game was on the line, you just expected Kobe Bryant to win it. And when he didn't, it was a feeling of, well, you can't win them all. Yeah. But, I mean, there were times it really did. It really did feel like every time there was a game on the line, Kobe Bryant came through. And I think when you have when you have those types of performances like synonymous to your name, that is what puts you in like the legend and elite status and the greatest of all time like debate, which I think it it gets lost with people that the, this generation, I, I, I would go as far as to say my generation of basketball fans, Kobe Bryant was the closest thing to Michael Jordan they had ever seen. Like, LeBron James didn't come too too long after. What was it? Seven years after. Yeah. But and really, like five years after Kobe started being good, because the first two years were kind of like you know the rookie right. year he barely played. Second year he was he was surprising and fun, but he wasn't like great. Yeah. But to to be as great as he was for as long as he was, and as like dominant, you 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 can attribute his like hype to playing for the Lakers, sure. But there have been like far worse, like far worse players in worse markets or, you know, there there have been just as many OK players on the Lakers that that have been hyped up. Kobe Bryant isn't in people's greatest of all time debate because he played for the Lakers. He's in people's greatest of all time conversations because of those performances and, and the way he carried himself. And, you know, if, if you hold Kobe Bryant's work ethic to anybody else's and how obsessed he was with the game. That group is so, so, so small. And I think that's what people like. That's what people loved about him. And that's why people think he's he's so great at what he does. And I, I, I get the instinct to tear the argument down and like nitpick at every like his VORP and his box plus minus and his MVP season and how it compares to. Luka Doncic's sophomore season and yeah it it just I it's think a different game it's yeah. a different game and the other thing too is like I'm gonna go full Charles Barkley for a second and say yeah this is what I hate about analytics <laughs> like they just analytics are a great tool for understanding the current state of the NBA they're a very poor tool for comparing eras where like things like basketball just changes basketball yeah. has changed a lot since Kobe's career and like th- it has to be said and there has to be something to this idea like I know people and like it's fashionable to crap on former players for their opinions and for that kind of thing like lord knows I've done it I know you've done it yeah. like and like we've all fallen prey to this but there has to be something to the idea that almost every single every single current player every single former player when they're asked like who is the hardest gar- guy to guard like that you've ever guarded a lot of them say Kobe Bryant. Yeah. And a lot of them talk about Kobe Bryant in that respect. And you you saw he was a ton of guys' favorite players growing up. And like the, the way like I, I think it was honestly pretty tone deaf that the NBA continued to play games today. I get that it would have been a logistical nightmare to cancel the games. Yeah. But like I thought the teams handled it really well in their tributes to him and all of that, the taking of the 24 second and eight second violations. But like those guys, the whole league was hurting. Austin Rivers was in tears on camera. Like Trey Young was hugging his mom, crying. Tyson Chandler was in tears on the bench. Like the NBA lost a figure that was, I think, as like looked up to as anyone in the history of the game. 
I, I would honestly say, other than Michael Jordan and LeBron James, I think Kobe Bryant is the only other player. And maybe I'm forgetting somebody. I, I guess Curry during the height of his MVP seasons was one of those players. But just just whose who's name and game, like whose brand transcends basketball. Like Kobe is one of those first name basis guys. He's known around the world, and and which is what I think the most devastating about Kobe Bryant, the the loss of Kobe Bryant is. This is somebody that just that wasn't just a Los Angeles icon. He was an icon, a sports icon. He's the guy whose name you'd say before you know throwing a piece of paper in the trash. And again, this stuff isn't on accident. Kobe, there was something about Kobe Bryant that resonated with diehard basketball fans and casual basketball fans alike. He just, he had something to him that when, uh, to, to your point, when you hear old heads talk about basketball, about having a killer mentality and, and you know, just, just playing old school, hardcore basketball, I think Kobe Bryant embodied that. And I, I really... There's not one player I can think of that embodies that the way Kobe Bryant did. He made the shots that we all want to make, like the shots that we all take in the driveway against no defenders, against some Mm -hmm. defenders in 2K. Like he actually made a career out of making those shots. Was he the most efficient player in NBA history? No, he was not. He actually, I think he he has the record for most field goals missed, right? Like I believe he surpassed that in his final season, but that was a testament to how good he was that he was allowed to take all of those shots. Like if he was not good, he would have been benched for like if he was so bad that he was going to lead the you know like if that was a bad thing it's it's almost like we talk about turnovers as a creativity tax for great passers like missed shots are like a creativity tax for great scorers and imaginative scorers and guys who think about scoring in ways that like we can't even comprehend sometimes or that we would never think to like oh I need to take this shot over the backboard but Kobe was like well if I just get it towards the rim then Gasol and Bynum at least have a shot at it if it doesn't go in type stuff and like there's a reason that we call missed shots that go directly to the big band the Kobe assist because he knew that he could gun and that his big guys would be able to get the bat like get the ball but like going back to just like but he just made, I think, the shots that we all want to make and that we all dream about. And I think that's why you see the cultural impact of him almost like more than anything else is just that like it's great. Like efficiency is awesome. It obviously helps winning. And like although Kobe did a fair amount of that himself, but like nobody watches LeBron James and it's like, man, like I'd really like to be able to get to the rim and make layups really efficiently. Yeah. Like LeBron does that and he's incredible at it and it's made him arguably the greatest player ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, and he has other things to his game that are exciting, the dunks, the threes, whatever. But like nobody is like the most efficient shots in the game. Nobody grows up watching basketball and being like, yeah, I want to play like James Harden or very yeah. few guys like that. Like Kobe, there was just a coolness to it and a, yeah, like like he he just didn't care about that stuff. He wanted to make the difficult shots and like prove that he was better than his defender. And I think that's probably what I'll always most remember about him. I it, it's so funny because I, people that have listened to our show before know my story as a Lakers fan. Like I grew up as much of a Lakers fan as anybody that watched basketball in the Los Angeles area. I played. Uh, basketball at the knack in chino california growing up and you know i i was into basketball 
But I didn't really, I didn't start falling in love with the Lakers until they traded for Steve Nash, which, as we all know, ended so sad. Great. Every time you tell the story, it gets sadder. <laughs> they won multiple championships together. And the Lakers now have 20 championships. Yeah, in, in Christian's brain, yes. Yeah, and Dwight Howard has been with the team since. That's why yeah. he's so beloved right yeah. now. It's just, <laughs> he's he's the mainstay. Oh, actually, when I was on Locked on Lakers earlier, I actually left him off the list of guys that we were talking about that had relationships with Kobe Bryant. That's a disappointing one on my part. Oops. <laughs> that, the, the point is, like, the, the season that will always stand out to me even more than his five championship winning seasons is that last great Kobe season where he willed that team to the playoffs and arguably his most efficient season ever. Yeah, he was, I have never seen a player will a team like that before. And the way it ended him on a ruptured Achilles walking down the court to drain two free throws in a game the Lakers won by two, I think is as good of a legacy to have. Like, of course, he had his uh, his sixty point game in his in his finale. That's a great great send off for one of the greatest players of all time. But I think that game against the Warriors is how I'll always remember Kobe Bryant. It's just somebody that, by any means necessary, was going to get like what he wanted to do done. Yeah, Anthony asked me about my favorite Kobe moment, and I said that was probably the one that most encapsulated him to me. Uh, the other one that I just I'll, I'll never forget is him jumping up on the scorers table after winning that fifth title, counting off how many rings because that was that was genuinely that was the one thing that mattered to him. He wanted yeah. to count up those rings and be able to say, "I am better than you. Look at how many titles I've won. Your stats mean nothing. I won. Yeah. That's all that matters." And that was the that was the Mamba mentality. As cor- as much as it's become, you know, like uh, it, it it's a joke at times to say it. We say it sarcastically at times. Like yeah. to him, that was the genuine that was the genuine Mamba mentality. That was when you saw like really what Kobe was all about and you know like I I just he was an integral part of my childhood growing up as a basketball fan I started watching during the three Pete years I think I was more of a Shaq fan to start but eventually once he was gone you know gravitated to Kobe pretty immediately there's a reason that as we record this I have two Kobe bobbleheads up behind me Mm -hmm. and um you know like he was a guy that, like, he he got me through high school. Him and my dad, I think, are the two most influential people on me in terms of both, like, in terms of, like, instilling work ethic in me and that you have to work hard in order to kind of get what you want and be successful in life. And, you know, it's just it's just profoundly sad that we're sitting here appreciating Kobe's greatness because we're just not going to see him again. You know, like, he was like a promising storyteller, I would say, I would say winning an Oscar on your first short film yeah. is like promising storytelling. And, you know, he, he was a complicated person. Like I, I wrote about this at silver screen and roll today. So if you read that, this will be a little bit of rehash, but I just wanted to bring this up because I don't know that we should have a podcast without acknowledging that he leaves a complicated legacy a little bit. Absolutely. Um, you know, like he was somebody who was like, by all, like by all accounts seemed to be an incredibly proud and great dad. 
um, just publicly con- like Instagram posting Instagrams about his daughters and like praising them for their achievements and coaching, you know, his his Gianna's basketball team and, you know, driving that team forward, which is just sad to think about all those kids that just lost their coach. And, you know, in addition to his family, like his wife, who he would post like like really mushy Instagram captions about, which were so far from the alpha male Kobe persona that we all saw, you know, for his entire career. And then, you know, there's the stuff that I'm sure most people don't want to talk about today, which is, you know, the sexual assault allegations. There was his wife filing for divorce because of, you know, alleging infidelity and like all of that stuff. It's all but like, I think the thing that allows me to justify still saying, you know, that like, not that you need to justify that this is a sad day. This is a sad day regardless. But like the thing like Kobe was upfront about his flaws and about his mistakes and about that he was not a perfect person in an era of overly sanitized public images to the point of disingenuousness for all of his personal like and professional flaws like all of it like that was just Kobe and he did not try to hide that that's who he was like he was i i think incredibly genuine i think one of the last incredibly candid like post game interview athletes that we've ever had And, you know, like there's a lot wrapped up in all that stuff that I just said, but like, I, I will never forget like Kobe, the competitor, Kobe, the guy that, um, you know, had his lawyer call my student paper and threatened (laughs) the world war three of litigation. Uh, if we did not take a post of his, uh, dear basketball short down, um, (laughs) you know, like that, that's the kind of stuff I'll remember. I remember like almost running into him. I talked about this in the post, but I remember almost running into him in the locker room. My first time in there because Kobe was going to take the exact most efficient route to the training room, whether or not there was a skinny white blogger in his way. (laughs) And, you know, like just being, I remember being starstruck that day. And like, it was, um, you know, it, again, it's it's a complicated legacy, but the world lost, you know, one of the most influential NBA athletes I think we'll ever have. And, you know, it's just it's a sad day for the league. It's a sad day for the NBA community. My heart goes out to his family and all the families that lost someone in that crash today. Um, and, you know, it's just it's an awful day. Yeah, it, it really is. And on it, part of that complicated legacy is who he was as a teammate. And I think it's really easy to point at Kobe Bryant as many have, including his former teammates and say, he's a bad teammate, kind of a psychopath, which like, I think everybody picked up on like, but specifically later. You didn't try to hide career. that. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely that quote not. In there. That, that's the quote that encapsulates Kobe to me more than any other is yeah. like friends. Like I, I'm a bad friend. Friends come and go. Banners hang forever. Yeah. That was all he cared about. He didn't and, care about your feelings. And that was, again, uh, to your point about it being kind of a joke. But that really was the Mamba mentality is I have a goal. I'm going to do it. And if you're not with me, then get off. Like. You're not and necessary. if you were not dri- and if you were not driven enough that you could see that as a joke, he didn't care. Like yeah. for him, it was genuine. Yeah, it, 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 and it wasn't necessarily if you're not with me, you're against me. It was just get out of my way. Like if if you're not going to do this with me, then then just don't don't be here. And I think that's like say take Smush Parker for example. Like was Smush Parker was Kobe Bryant a bad teammate to Smush Parker? Sure. Yeah, probably. I'd, I'd say so. Yes. <laughs> Smush part. But I, I think the what Kobe Bryant's point was Smush Parker didn't 
not have a successful NBA career because Kobe Bryant didn't like him. Smush Parker didn't have a successful NBA career because he wasn't as driven as Kobe Bryant. And, and Kobe or, was the first one to pick it up. Right. You know, like he just he didn't tolerate you if you could not help him win. And like that's that's part of that comp. And like some people laud that some people won't. But in the end, you know, he won five rings and like that was that was his measure of success. And I'd say, you know, he succeeded at that. Yeah. The the most heartbreaking thing about this to all of me to, to about all of this to me is the fact that he had so much to give still and so much to look forward to. And at, at the very top of that list is is raising his daughters, and especially, you know, Gianna, who who was involved in the helicopter crash. I. Th- I've watched so many interviews today with Kobe Bryant, but the one that stood out to me is the one of him talking to Jimmy Kimmel about yep. his people wanting him to have a baby boy to carry his legacy and how excited he was for Gianna to do that. And again, she, 13 years old, can't, can't break down film of a 13-year-old girl playing basketball. But you could see that same drive in her, and you just felt like she was going to do it. Whatever she, whatever it was, whether she was going to play in the WNBA or just end her basketball career in college, she was going to be great at what she did. And I think the the. I was just gonna, I just wanted to say that's part of this multifaceted arc that we're talking about too. Yeah. Like, like Kobe, a lot of people like would have said, like, uh, there is an inherent sexism in our society a lot of times when it comes to women's basketball, and especially among like the alpha males of the alpha, where like, I, I mean, most NBA players, I think, seem to have a respect for the WNBA, but Kobe is out here going to a WNBA games. He's out here saying, I don't need a son, I have a daughter, and really championing WNBA basketball, women's college basketball basketball like he was someone who was an advocate for those women and like would he have done that if he didn't have daughters who didn't want to who wanted to play basketball I don't know but ultimately he did do that and like you know it it doesn't make up for anything but it just shows that like we all have these layers to us and these like you know they're just part they're just different parts of people and no one is perfect and that was kind of Kobe to me it's a it's sad man I, I think the and the thing I loved about the, that relationship, his relationship with his daughter, was I think everybody kind of picked up on when Kobe Bryant retired, he was done with basketball, wanted nothing to do with it. The idea of him coming back to ever play to be compared to Michael Jordan once again in his career just was of no interest to him. The thing that got him into basketball again was how obsessed his daughter was with it and how interested she was. She loved the NBA. Um, you know, from stories I've read, Trey Young was one of her favorite players, which is probably why he was such an emotional wreck on Sunday. Um, he posted about it. He posted photos with her and, like, talking about that. And, like, the photos that Kobe, the proud dad, was taking of yeah. his daughter at the, at the, his last Laker game uh, was against the Hawks because his daughter's favorite player was Trey Young and he wanted to be in the building. And, like, like you know how much of a pain it pro- probably is for Kobe to go to a Laker game and, like, yeah. be able to get in and out and, like, deal with all the, like, attention and whatever that's going to come with that. But he did that for his daughter because, you know— 
And yeah, like our, I think that's our last like public memory of Kobe is seeing him out there with his daughter, that, that clip of him like explaining something yeah. to her. And who knows if he was talking about basketball or what, but I'm choosing to believe that he was breaking down pick and roll coverages yeah. for his 13 year old daughter and explaining to her how this was going to apply to her middle school basketball game next week, because that is what Kobe was. You know, everything was a learning opportunity and like, you know, I'm going to remember like not just his relationship with Gianna, you know, who also like, obviously like it's horrible that it's just, it really hurts to think that she and was in there as well. And like that other children were in there as well, because like no one should die at 13, you know, like nobody should die at 41, but no one, really no one should die at 13. And I, I remember the last time I saw Kobe in person, other than that basketball game, was at Disneyland, uh, walking around with his daughters, with his third, uh, with his third daughter on his shoulder, shoulders. He was bouncing her and smiling, and like the two older daughters in front of him, and like, yeah, it's just, it's all bad. And yeah. um, but I, I think what I find solace in, and I hope all of our listeners find solace in, is that I. I think I can speak for a lot of people um, when I say that the community that comes with being a Lakers fan is unlike any other, for better or for worse. And without me watching Kobe Bryant and seeing how fun basketball can be, um, I wouldn't be doing what I do for a living. I wouldn't have the following that that I have. And... Um, there's no one person I have to thank for that more than Kobe Bryant. And, um, I, I, you know, I'm grateful I got to watch him play as much as I did. Uh, I only saw him in person once. I think it was in, uh, his last season, a preseason game at the Citizens Business Bank Arena against the Denver Nuggets. Um, not the most glamorous Kobe Bryant game but uh just to see him um and see somebody that I grew up just idolizing somebody that yeah my girlfriend asks me all the time because in the line of business we're in we see basketball players pretty often yeah not to brag you know (laughs) but the one player I'd be starstruck by I I said Kobe Bryant. It's he's the it's one. Not a question. He's the one player I've ever been starstruck by. Le- LeBron a little bit, just because he. But it was in a different way. It was just because he had always been the guy on the TV and yeah. like just did not seem like a real person who actually like was ever in physical proximity to anyone else. Like, yeah. uh, and for Kobe, it was like I'd grown up my entire childhood watching him. Like, especially in high school when I was like a diehard, diehard Laker fan. Um, and it just. Yeah, the the whole thing just sucks. And like, I, I'm grateful for him and for his career because without it, I don't know that I would have my current career. He really drew me more than anyone else into like basketball writing and wanting to write about basketball and follow basketball as like a profession and really believing that I could work hard if I just worked hard enough, like I could make that possible. Right. Um, and like, no matter how little experience I had, no matter how unqualified I was, if I just worked at it, I could get there. And like, I wouldn't know you, I wouldn't know so many people online, both at the site and just that I know and interact with this whole community that has done so much for me and my family. Uh, Like, I'm just so grateful that like he, he created that, 
And yeah. that's not to say that no other player would have come in and done it, but it was Kobe. It was Kobe who sees the reins and who made the Lakers kind of what they are. And his influence, you still see it over the franchise today. Jeannie Buss consulting him on changes in the front office that she wanted to make. His former agent being the Lakers vice president of basketball operations or yeah. vice president, comma, basketball operations because the Lakers are <laughs> extra like that. Um, but you just you see his impact all over the game today. And it's just. You know, it's just a shame that we're talking about this only because he's gone at 41. Obviously, uh, the team hasn't released a statement yet. Because I, I can't even imagine the kind of day it's been. Some players have released um, Instagram Him and posts. Him were like best friends. They, yeah. they were each other's, I believe they were each other's godparents, if I'm remembering that correctly. That it, yeah, like, I knew, I knew at least Kobe Bryant was, uh, or sorry, I believe at least Rob was, uh, somebody's godparent. But the point is it, it, it's been obviously a a pretty rough day for them. Um, how do you expect this to impact their season going forward? Because I think there's, there's only one way this goes like, narratively and i think it it gives them the jolt they need to push them over the hump or even i I was talking to somebody earlier i would not be surprised if this like inspires management to build a contender this year yeah i i think that we're, I think we're probably going to see some kind of patch on the jerseys i think you were the first one that brought that up and i agree mm-hmm. with that um I think that I would be pretty surprised if we didn't see a Kobe Bryant statue up by um, up by the end of the season, or at least announced that they were going to do that. It, like yeah. what form that takes, I don't know. Um, and I, it's hard. It, it's weird because you don't want to minimize that like someone died today, and that like three three kids lost their father, um, and like one mom lost her husband, and like and like or really multiple families lost multiple people. I don't yeah. want to minimize the other eight people within that crash because they all had families. Yeah. Um. But and I don't want to minimize these deaths by saying like, oh, they're the catalyst for the season. You know what I mean? But yeah. Like because that's almost too perfect anyway. Like sports movie ish where someone dies and it rallies the team and whatever. We don't know how it's gonna go. Right. That said. I would be very surprised if this was not some type of galvanizing thing. Like we met Dwight Howard played with him. Anthony Davis played on the Olympic team with him. LeBron played on multiple Olympic teams with him. Jason Kidd was on Olympic teams with him. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to think of it. Kyle Kuzma, obviously uh, close connections, Rajon Rondo, close connections. Like this is a locker room. And again, that's probably not an accident that yeah. is very close to Kobe Bryant in like a multiple, in like a multitude of ways. And, you know, you never know, and they still have to out out talent the other teams. But it would be hard to not see this is something where these guys say like we need to win number seventeen for number twenty four. Yeah, I completely agree, and I think um, I'm so interested to see what Tuesday looks like. Arguably the biggest game of the season so far, just yeah. because they've dropped both games to the Clippers, but. I wrote this today before I realized that all this was going to happen. Like, I I think it's their biggest game of the season right now. And that that goes even like double now. Like, I I think we need to see how they respond. And it's just like, yeah, this is just, um, I I don't know. I don't know how much more I have to say, but I, I just wanted to say to everyone before we do sign off here pretty soon that like, 
go hug your family today. Tell them that you love them. Like none of us get to choose when we go and it can, it can be anywhere. It can be at any time, you know? And so just like, make sure that everyone that you love knows that you love them. And like, we all need to do that more often. And especially today. I couldn't have said it any better myself, Harrison. Thank you so much for talking to me. And, um, we should do this more. Uh, yeah. I feel like two times hopefully, in the span hopefully of better two circumstances. years. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, thank you all for listening, uh, and we will see you next time.